Welcome to Secret Lives of Chiropractors. This is the expansion series. This is where we get to meet and learn from those who have done things that are totally outside the box. And the idea is to introduce you to chiropractors and entrepreneurs who have done really wild things to help you expand your consciousness. This week, I had Philip Golinski. He has six offices, last year alone collected $8.8 million. And he is also a practicing chiropractor, which is surprising because uh, he, as you'll learn today in this episode, he is going for the roll-up model. And I know what that's like, and I know it takes a lot of work. So that was really impressive. Not only uh, does he want to create a monster of a multi-location national brand, and he's done so already, um, but also he wants more of a possibility for chiropractic to be taken seriously for venture capitalists. So this is definitely a very interesting conversation. Um, we talked about what it means to, ha to have uh, what he calls hyper-desire. And um, he has systematized his entire life where working 14, 18-hour days uh, won't sacrifice any of his personal life. I think that we can all use a little wisdom in that area, whether you want six offices, $8 million, or uh, run a small practice or anything in between. As I interview all of these expanders in this series, there's one thing that stands out. And I know it sounds cliche, but it, it, it really comes down to their mindset. Just last year, I had a client who had been working on systems, communication, sales, marketing. I mean, we'd been working on those kinds of things all the time. And uh, they wanted to hit this mark that they had. And for them, it was 100K a month. And uh, finally, we took a break from all of those things we'd been working on. They'd been doing a great job, but not hitting that particular number. We took a break for about, I don't know, maybe two to four weeks. We focused on the vision for their practice. That alone changed everything. So it shifted a small shift in their, in their mindset. And guess what? They hit that 100K month. They continue to crush their goals. This alone is the reason I created Elevate Club because of I wanted to make sure I cover all things mindset because no matter what you're doing in your practice and your business, the smallest shift in the mindset can make a big quantum leap in your life and in your practice. Now, if that resonates with you at all or if you're interested, I invite you to check out Elevate Club. You can check it out at www.elevate.me but that's spelled E-L-I-V-A-T-E. I'm sure that's in here somewhere. You can also just connect with me on Instagram or Facebook or social media. Um, anyways, I hope today's conversation is helpful for you. I know that it was a great one for me. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes. Hello and welcome to Secret Lives of Chiropractors. I am back with another episode uh, from our expansion series. I've been on the look for chiropractors who are doing things that are completely outside the box. And I tell you, my guest today, Dr. Philip Golinski, 
is definitely doing things outside of the box. He's got six offices. Last year, they did $8.8 million. And um, his goal for his expansion plan is really to not only blow it up for his own company, but also make sure that chiropractors are an option for venture capitalists and um, that we're basically taking a look at very seriously, way more seriously than we are looked at. So I am thrilled to be interviewing you today, Philip. Thank you so much for giving me this time. You kidding me? It's, it's my honor. I started listening to you with the, uh, Coffee with Dr. Nona way back a couple of years ago. And I always, to be honest, I was like, wow, this this, this has got together. I'm impressed with her attitude, her mindset, her intensity, her desire to serve the profession. I really had always respected you uh, from a distance. So it's a real honor for me to be talking with you as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. So um, I want to take you back, Philip, like take me back to when you first opened your practice. Was it like you opened one and then you were like, oh, I'm going to do six practices and I'm going to do 10 and this is what I like. What was that journey like? What were the things that shifted you gears into that direction? So I went to chiropractic college, I feel, during the golden ages. I had Dr. Sid Williams. He was at the height of what do you want to call it, power or the height of his, he was peaking. Uh-huh. My class had 300 people. The class before me had 300 people. The class after me had 300 people. There was 5,000 people at Life University. It was just called Life Chiropractic College. So the enthusiasm and the spizzerinkum was, was astronomical, for, for lack of a better word. DE, you had Ian Grossman. You had Dick Santo. You had the powerhouses that people hear about. I heard these people. Jim Sigafoos, who's another guy that was my mentor, and, and Sid Williams, every single Thursday for assemblies, we'd get to listen to him. And for me, it wasn't a chore. For me, it was an opportunity. And I, I drank the Kool-Aid. So when I graduated Life University or Life Chiropractic College back in September of 1995, I wanted to practice. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea what I was doing. And it showed it. Because the first year, I made $69,000. And the second, actually, I made $31,000 the first year. The second year, I made sixty nine like profit. I kept 69,000, nothing special. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. And I don't know who put this bug in my head that I could figure it out. I had a couple of mentors, some of who you know, uh, but they weren't mentors in business. Uh And um, I I joined a coaching group. I'll give them the credit because credit is due. Dr. Eric Plasker at the time he ran family practice. And he, in a couple of videos, gave me enough procedures to take it from here to here. Uh, And I, I became... Well, uh, well established as a as a single family practice chiropractor, and I, you know, I'll give you numbers. We were probably doing about between seven and eight hundred thousand dollars a year by the fourth or fifth year, and that's because I figured out a way to bring in people, and I developed a company called Healthfares Plus. But this had to happen after I figured out how to do procedures and policies, which I knew none of, which chiropractic colleges don't teach. Um, so at the very least, I recommend coaching. Dr. Nona's a great coach. I know some of her procedures and policies. She gives out very, very common sense. But the problem is when you graduate, you don't have common sense. No one teaches you these things. So you need to be taught. Okay. Um, so I learned those. And then I had a little bit of extra time. I knew how to start up a new patient. So at least I was excited to bring new people in. And I did, and I did that well. Um, the thing I didn't have, and I knew I didn't have it, was a team. I had me. I had my energy. I, I could go out every single week and do a spinal screening or a talk or a corporate talk or whatever it was. I could do this every single week. And that's how most chiropractors, at least 20 years ago, developed a successful practice. They went out. 
They harvested their people. They brought them back in. They started them up. And yes, wellness care eventually built a nice, very, very deep practice, but it took a lot of energy, Mm -hmm. right? I was smart enough to know that I couldn't multiply myself and I never did. Um, Along the way, so this was for 20 years. The first 20 years, I only had one practice. Okay, for first 20 years, you had the one single family practice. Yeah, good practice. It was called Galinsky Chiropractic. That was it. And uh, I got divorced. I was dating a woman. Uh, I, I, the more I got to know her, the more I realized, oh, this is, this is a smart lady. And the more I got to know her really well, I, I, I was very impressed with her business acumen. And she was a partner at PricewaterhouseCooper. And I'm going to go through this story a little bit because I didn't know what one was. I didn't know what a consultant was. I heard of consultants in chiropractic all the time. And, well, she's a consultant. What does she do? Well, they scale multi-billion dollar businesses. Top, bottom, bottom, top. They know to optimize certain things that are working well. They also know how to take things apart and build up things that aren't working as well. And they do things through three legs, people, process, and technology. And that is the ultimate equation to any consultant. They'll come in, they'll look at your business, and they'll know the people, they'll look at your processes, and they'll also look at your technology. And those three things is what they'll utilize to build your business. Um, I saw Phoebe do this multiple times with Tiffany's, with David Yerman, with Mandarin Oriental. When I was dating her, I said to myself, well, if I could get her on my team, we could build this thing big. And uh, the girl's making about half a million dollars. That's her salary. So obviously she wasn't leaving an exclusive, you know, big four corporation to come work for Golinski Chiropractic. And she let me know that. And nor was she ready to leave. But, you know, through circumstance, and at this point we were married for two years and she didn't just leave her company. Uh, She started seeing the pendulum shift because she was working for Pfizer and AstraZeneca and um, Johnson and Johnson. And all three executives said, you know, Phoebe, we want you to put these drugs out in the market sooner than later because the pendulum is shifting to natural healthcare. Now her son and daughter, who my, my stepkids, I've, I've adopted them, but they, they got rid of their asthma and allergies when I started to adjust them and I did some dietary changes. So she saw how powerful natural healthcare was. But when she heard from these executives from Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca and Pharma, uh, Pfizer that the pendulum is swinging to natural healthcare, that's when she said, okay, let's do something about this. That was in 2017. 2018, we rebranded to RX Wellness Spine and Health. And five years later, we now have six practices. Okay. And, and, I mean, we're talking two a year. It yeah. was crazy. I mean, we're talking 15 hour days. We got rid of Facebook. We got rid of Netflix. We worked and we worked and we worked. And it was very almost like you were drowning. But it but I knew this. It does take two or three years to build a nice base of a practice in anything. So I could have done one practice every three years, or I could have done two in one year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting because you are touching on so many different like success principles, right? So uh, one, uh, you mentioned people, profits, and and uh, what was the other one? People, people process. Yeah. So do you ever watch the show The Profit? No, I, I, I'd be honest. I You're don't not watch watching- yeah, yeah. I and I don't either, but there was there were a couple of shows I watched. They're all like entrepreneurial. This guy, Marcus Limonis, he owns like 70, 80 different businesses. He's a, he's a, he's a big entrepreneur, he's a billionaire. And um part of his show, he talks about those three things. He he says people, profit, and pro uh, and processes. And so that is the cornerstone of every practice, of every business, of, of everything. This that you're you're touching on is the collapsing of the time, right? You're like, I could have done one practice 
in, you know, it, one practice every two years, except I did six practices in five years, <laughs> launching them out one at a time, two at a time. So the thing is, this speaks to the law of uh, Parkinson's, which basically says uh, the amount of time you allocate to doing anything, that's the amount of time that it takes. So if you told yourself in six years, I'm going to have six, pra- in five years, I'm going to have six practices, that's exactly what you're going to do. Now, yes. I want to I want to simplify this for people who are listening, who are like, I'm just starting my business or I'm in chiropractic school. What does this mean to me? Well, listen, whatever the amount, whether it's a report you got, it's due, there's a PI report, whether it's building a practice, multiplying it, uh, whatever the case might paying your bills, like, and how can you collapse time? How can you shut down, you know, if it's going to take two months, I'm going to say it's going to take a week. How can I get it done in a shorter period of time? I love that. Yeah. And yeah. actually, that's exactly what we call it. Short. Me and my wife, are, how can we shorten time? Yeah. Because I'll just explain. I'm 54 years old. I know I have a certain amount of time left. Mm-hmm. And when I was in my 30s, I thought I had a lot more than I have right now. So yeah. I'm trying every single time I do something is how can I make this in half? The, how can I complete this in half the time? Because yeah. for me, time is more valuable than money. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, that is, that's so, and you know what, that is just so juicy to know the urgency of life is just so juicy to know how much you have left and how much urgency you have, uh, to get things done. Now let's go back to like the moment, like how did you game plan? Was it like, okay, from the moment you decided, all right, we're going to 10 X this, we're going to rebrand and everything. What did you have a big vision? What was that process like mentally and from a mindset perspective? So before I became a character, I was a music teacher. I was, I was a score writer for General Hospital and for uh, Days of Our Lives. So I was a very creative soul anyway. And this is undergraduate school. And so my brain always had this creative thing. Like I created this company called Health Fairs Plus. And if you go into healthfairsplus.com, it's no longer mine. I sold it. But I developed a, a corporation, a, a corporation that developed health fairs. And I was a Trojan horse to get me into corporations. I had this vision before I grad. I knew I, I didn't have RX Smallness. That's another story. But, the, but, but I always think that God gives you gifts. You have angels that come into your lives. And this angel that gave me RX Wellness was a guy named Bob Pittman. Okay. He was the um, developer of MTV. He was the guy that re-rented AOL from Prodigy to AOL. And he now is the president and CEO of iHeartRadio. He was a patient of mine. I knocked on his door. I knocked on 3,000 doors when I first opened my practice. And that's how much I wanted it. So, Dr. Nona, I'm going to tell you, to your listeners out there, to anyone else, you're going to be as successful as a level of how much you want to be successful, period. Yep. Because I don't care how little or how much you think you know, if you don't want it, no one's going to put it on your desk. If you want it bad enough, you're going to get it. Yep. That That's is it. true. So I knocked on 3,000 doors and Pittman, his wife sent him in to me and he said, do you have an email address? And he gave me the name rxwellness at AOL.com. And then he said, hey, you should get the name rxwellness.com and that. And I did. Because of him, I would never have come up with RX1. This guy's a brilliant marketer. And so my wife and I are discussing, because I had RX1.com and .net, and I had Golinski Chiropractic as, as my practice name. And she's, I don't, how did you come up with such a great name? And I told the story. She goes, oh my God, you know Bob Pittman? And I go, well, I didn't know him, but he was a patient of mine. And so she's like, let's rebrand you. Because where I was and what I was doing really was stale. It was a decent practice in the 1990s, but it needed, it needed a reface. Okay. So... Within about five minutes, we came up with the name RX Wellness Spine and Health. And we knew it wasn't going to be just chiropractic. It was going to be natural healthcare. Mm -hmm. And so we did have at least a title to not just say chiropractic, but natural healthcare. And of course, Mm -hmm. spine and health, because we are chiropractors. And our foundation is chiropractic. Mm -hmm. 
But that was the idea. And literally, it was on a train in Philadelphia. And I'm going to tell you, it was like a holograph just coming into being like we saw this. And it was so exciting. And it was almost like I, I have tears of inspiration when I think about this, because this is exactly what I saw seven years ago. It just took time and space for everything to synchronize to finally get here right now to be talking to you. Wow, that's incredible. So so on that train ride, as you guys rebranded, did you yeah. did you did you decide six practices in in five years? Or how no. did like how did I want to know like what happened? Like what was the journey like? So that's that's the corridor here. The longer you do that, go down a corridor, the, the, the more doors you see open because you're starting to what so we didn't know this was gonna happen, but my my son, who is, it's not my blood. He's my adopted son, but he's, I've raised him since he was seven years old. He goes to UPenn. So he is a financial and economic genius. Mm-hmm. And when I say, he's got my wife's blood. That's my <laughs> wife's blood. I wish I had that blood, but I don't have that. I'm not that smart. Um, and he started talking to us about private equity. He started talking to us about venture capital because he's actually with a hedge fund right now. Okay. And so he, this, is, this is his game. He says, you know, you could sell out for, you know, like 10x. Well, what does that mean? He goes, well, you know, if you take your EBITDA, and EBITDA is basically your net profit. If you have a net profit fill of like $10 million, they'll, they'll buy you out for $100 million as long as you have a manager. There's a lot of things that go into it. If you want, we can go into that because we've done a lot of research. But you could sell your company for $100 million. And he knows that my goal is to teach. Mm-hmm. That is my end goal. It's to be at a chiropractic college that will have me so I can now pass the baton to the next generation. And that is the ultimate, for me, chalice of success in, in chiropractic. That's how much I love this profession. Mm-hmm. And I always felt that if I had that thing under my belt, I, I have a little bit more, whatever you want to call it, uh, to give, uh, maybe earn respect to these students. Hey, that's the guy that did that. Listen to him. He may know something. Because when we were students, I had such a stupid, dumb ego. Oh, what do these teachers know? Right. But you know what? Even when we did, I feel like we didn't have access to this. Like, Someone like you did not show up in chiropractic colleges when I went to school, you know? And I, yeah. So from a business perspective, we had a lot of philosophy at Life West, and I know not a lot of colleges get that. Right. I had a lot of philosophy, but I didn't meet anybody that did what I wanted to do, that blew through the expectations, that did anything outside the box to expand my consciousness, to be like, that is a possibility. I could have six practices, 10 practices, sell it for a hundred million yeah. down the road and retire or whatever. Yeah, it, did, yeah. I, it just, and which is why I did this whole series, the expansion series. Um, so we didn't access is everything. So what you were saying is blowing people's mind and expanding their consciousness to what is possible. <laughs> you know, it, it's, and to, if you ask me, and I'm going to tell you, I don't think of that. In fact, when I talk about it, it, it numbs my mind because I promise you, I don't think about that. I work, I'm up at 4.30 every morning. I go to bed at 11 o'clock at night. This is not something that Phil's getting lucky with and Phoebe's getting lucky. Phoebe's in the next room right now and she's dealing with our accountant and closing out the year end for six practices. Mm-hmm. And she's been doing this for the last four or five or six days because now we've got to work on bonuses and we've got to fit. You know, it's 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 mind numbing. It's a lot of work. And when you're working so hard, you know what you're working for. But it's not even about that. It's the fun of growing something. Yeah. And I don't care how much money someone's going to pay you at the end. If you're not having fun doing it, man, you're going to get old fast. It's not fun. You have anger, resentment, bitterness. Um, there's no synchronicity. You, you you become less than a good leader because you don't want to participate. And you don't want to do the work. So you have to do what you love. 
And yeah. if you're in the right field and you love doing it, it's not as hard. Um, but I, I guess it is mind expansion because if I heard this when I was a student, I'd be inspired. I'd be like, whoa, okay. It's not just, yeah. you know, a thousand people a week. Because back then when we went, when we grad, it was like, if you're making a million dollars and you're seeing a thousand people a week, that's the, that's what you're going to strive for. Same. Exactly. And here's the reality. Not everyone that listens wants to do what you are doing. That's not their desire. That's the seed that's in their heart. But the thing is, when you hear something like this, you're like, oh, that thing I want to do, there is a possibility. Now, I talked to one of the interviews uh, I did was uh, with Fred Gerritsen, the founder of The Joint. And so they have 800 locations. They're seeing millions of people. This is massive. Like, love them or hate them, they're getting people under chiropractic care. Now, uh, I bring that up because you guys' journeys are similar in that. And and I've talked to other people who are kind of taking the same route uh, as well. And I have one coming, another interview coming up. One of the things I hear is the amount of work that it goes into it. And and if you love it and there is an end result and there is this vision and you just push through with grit and everything else, and then you'll get to the other side. And that is what drives the vision is what drives it doesn't it, it they don't think about the fact that I'm working 14 hour days or whatever. They're just like, this is the vision and I will plow through and I'll get there. One yeah. of the I've been I've been asking my guests who are in that similar journey is what gets sacrificed in this? You know, is it, is it time with the spouse? Is it with the children? Is it, that's typically where the brain of, of an average individual might go to, but what do you think gets sacrificed? There's gotta be something that gets sacrificed in a short period of time for a big gain. Right. Right, 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 right. What well, would you TV, say that is? T- TV certainly sacrificed. TV okay. certainly sacrificed. Um, I don't watch TV. Yeah. Um, I used to read a book a week. I, I honestly haven't read, I read now a book a month. Okay, so the time amount of reading that I would do has been sacrificed. Mm-hmm. Um, I have four kids. I have a wife. Date night, non-negotiable, every Wednesday night. Wow. Non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. Um, I switched my office hours. Now, I have hours. I, I'm still a practicing chiropractor. You so are. I, okay. I am. I'm still, I got my hands on people. Wild. <laughs> I went to chiropractic college to be a chiropractor, not to be rich. I know, but it is wild that you're still in practice. Like, okay. So I'm up at four. Well, that's why I get up at four thirty because um, I'm at the office from seven o'clock until one o'clock. Okay. What so time do you go to bed? Uh, ten thirty. Okay. 10, and uh, listen, I normally take a nap, but I'm so excited to be here today that I've got all this <laughs> adrenaline going. So I'm not sleeping right now. But my my day starts at four thirty. I, I do my Wim Hof breathing at five o'clock in the morning. Um, by six o'clock and I don't do intermittent fasting. I, I wish I could. I tried that. It doesn't work. I, I used to be a competitive bodybuilder. My body likes food every three hours. So I go from six thirty to nine thirty. So, um, so I have a, a light meal. I go see people from seven o'clock until one o'clock. Um, and then at one o'clock I leave. I'll take about a half hour nap in my car. I'll typically go to the gym by two thirty, three o'clock by four o'clock or four 30. I'm home. Now I'm home. My wife's home. So we see each other. We're working tandemly. Um, I got three kids in college. There's a reason why I didn't start this journey possibly 10 years ago. Okay. There's a reason why I took myself off the speaking circuit. You probably are, well, not you, but no one knows who I am in the profession. Mm-hmm. And that's not by accident because I was a speaker back in 1999 and 2000. And I was getting myself out there and I had developed that health fairs plus company. But I also said, you know what? There's a lot of speakers that I really, really respect whose marriages are broken, who didn't know their kids. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be one of those people. So I stopped speaking. I didn't want to sacrifice my kids. 
And so I got a chance to see my kids grow. I had that single practice. When my kids went to college, I said, now it's time to do that. So I did that. And I don't think that Phoebe and I sacrifice, we definitely don't sacrifice our own time. Three of the four kids are in college. Um, we, but we also have family vacations twice a year. Okay. So <laughs> that's like awesome. And, and honestly, we, we pressure our kids. You know, we, we bully them into going to Hawaii or but you think bullying didn't want to go, but yeah, they had their own things going on, but we still think those family vacations are important. And when you do what you love, I'm telling you, um, and when you hit my age at 54 years old, you know, you realize the most important thing is your family, your kids, um, and your livelihood is not as important, but if you love that as well, it's right up there. So I really only do a couple of things. I mean, I'm a gym rat. I still do that. I still am with my family and, and, and the practice. I, I don't know if you can say I'm sacrificing anything, but, but I don't drink. I don't it's, smoke. It sounds like you've systematized uh, in some ways your personal life in such a way that you don't have to sacrifice much. Like, it's like if you treat your, which sounds kind of uh, cold to say, but it's actually like, this is the case for me is systematizing my personal life where my date night is there, where my time with my children, like all of these things are on the calendar, which sounds kind of obsessive. And, you know, like you feel like, oh, what is she doing? But I run my household like it's a business. And I feel like that actually helps not having to sacrifice that time keeps everything because you know work could always be there and you could always say well you know we'll do date late on thursday we'll do date night friday you know what we're busy right now we could you know what that's an account that happens every wednesday mm-hmm. and if it doesn't happen wednesday it's happening thursday that's non-negotiable mm-hmm. um, our four vacations they're already on the calendar yeah they're already there come come jack come so come thanksgiving to this uh for jack the year before from thanksgiving to the end of the year phoebe and I are making sure that all of our goals from the previous year are completed and we're working on for those six weeks on what are going to be the next goals. So the goals that we have is obviously personal vacations, family vacations, business goals, and us stuff. That's it. We keep it very simple knowing that we're busy. And oh, and also for me, I personally want to get in touch with three people I haven't spoken with mm-hmm. in more than five years. So I'm going to reach out to three people and try to cultivate a boyhood friends, college friends, people that I haven't spoken to or seen in a while. Um, again, because relationships with people is to me more valuable than working more hours. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Philip, what would you say, like in your journey, what would you say is your secret sauce? Like the, and you've, I know you've mentioned a couple of success principles and things, but what would you say the ingredients of your personal secret sauce? I said it already. I work. I'm not afraid to go. And I'll say this. Here's my secret sauce. I will outwork anybody. Mm. anybody that's kobe Bryant. that's the mama mama mentality that's michael jordan that's his mentality that's my mentality i mean i never really understood unfortunately i didn't understand who the mentality of kobe Bryant was until he died of course now you see all the reels but that was me all along mm-hmm. you know you get me in front of a spinal screening 15 years ago if i saw four different other chiropractors yo Motherfuckers, I'm gonna kick your ass. <laughs> I have as many people as I am at the end of the afternoon. And if I see you having three more, I'll stay there until eight o'clock at night, even though the thing ended at five o'clock. <laughs> I'm gonna make sure I beat you because you're not gonna beat me. That's the secret sauce right there. Okay. I, have, I have a swag, and I, I, you know, I, I just I don't know. <laughs> it's a I have a very competitive edge, and I say that in tongue in cheek. But I want everyone to know you guys can be just as successful as you want, and it's your desire or lack of desire. And hyper desire 
that's going to allow you to be successful. That's my secret sauce. Okay. Okay. That's really good. I got to know, are you a Lakers fan then? I'm not even a sports fan. <laughs> okay. I, I don't. So I went over to my friend's house last night because my wife was working all day and I'm like, all right, I'm going to do a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, nothing new. My friend who is, I'm from New York anyway. So I like going to his house and I probably watched football with him like twice a season. Yeah. And so yesterday was that his son was still home from college. And so I'm like, Scott, fill me in. Like, who's the coach? How is the Giants doing this? Year? So I said, how are we doing? Because I guess I'm a Giant. How are we doing? What's our record? Like, how are the Jets doing? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know anything about football. I am a Super Bowl Sunday football fan. I'm an October baseball fan. Um, and I'll, I'll even show my, I don't even know when the, uh, the the NBA finals are played. I don't know what month they are. <laughs> well, that's one thing we have in common. <laughs> so, so, but it shows though, I mean, I'm, I'm very focused. Mm-hmm. So focused that I, 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 I don't even know what teams are doing. I don't find time for that. I get that. Yeah. You're focused on your vision. You've got a big one and this is the, this is well, what it is. You know, even if it's not this big, I mean, if you're focused on, if you're so obsessed with something mm-hmm. and I'm going to be, I'll, 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 I was a competitive bodybuilder. Yeah. I did that for years. Um, I was so focused on that. This is when I only had one practice, but I was so focused on that. I had no time for anything else. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you said a secret sauce and I saw this reel by Dave Goggins. And if you haven't read this book, Can't Hurt Me, read it. Yeah. That book, David Goggins. And I'm going to paraphrase what he said. He goes, you know, for people to have what you want, what I have is you have to be so obsessed. You've got to be so crazy, so obsessed, so focused that people look at you as like insane. And when other people look at you as insane, as so obsessed that you're not can live, live in this world, then you're on to something. Totally. And then I've heard that before. There's like the three levels. You're either, you're it's three levels of just when you are interested. You're interested. Are you passionate about something or are you obsessed? And you won't have the level of success that you need to have or that you want to have unless you're obsessed. And your family members think, you're crazy for thinking that way. You're crazy for doing that. You're crazy for saying that or talking about it all the time. And that's where you really want to be. It's a badge of honor. Yeah. I never took it as, a, as, a, as an insult. I never took, I've always, always said thank you. Yeah. And it really doesn't matter, right? When you have a vision, you just no, go. You know, even my classmates, because I, I was an upper cervical chiropractor and I walked around my little black neural kilometer and even the students back when we were students looked at the upper cervical people as in the it was the gondroids versus the kale boys, right? Right. I love, remember that those days? The, the technique was, and I think that's amazing because the passion that these 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 students had to defend your technique. Now, is one technique the end all build? No, but the fact that we thought it was, and we we fought for our technique, and we wanted to be better and better and getting better at our technique gave us a, that little bit of edge to become a better chiropractor before we even came out of school. I think that's really important. And to be honest, somewhat healthy because, you know, how, how, when did you graduate, Doc? Oh, uh, seven. Okay, so 17. That's like uh, 15 years ago, whatever the numbers. Like. Yeah. So 15 years later, you're still in touch with your, your classmates. How many people aren't even adjusting anymore? I yeah, know. How many chiropractors do you even come into account with? They can't even really move a bone like with professionalism. Yeah. They're okay, right? So the fact that we have a passion for our chiropractic technique uh-huh. and can move a bone well before we graduate is a huge accomplishment. And then if you keep that up, as you go along 10, 15, 20 years later, you become a master. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the service of chiropractic to release the imprisoned impulse. That's the most important thing. 
And I don't want to go too much into business because I want to bring back chiropractic because that's, that's what we do. That's our bread and butter. But you can't, I don't like when people think they're going to be successful, but they still can't move a bone. That's a shame. At least be the best chiropractor. You can make a lot of money, but you shouldn't make a lot of money because you're a good business person. You should make it because you're a great technician and can pass down the art of chiropractic. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I think those words needed to be said too. So um, I'm curious, Philip, with all of the things that you've accomplished and all the ways that you've done them, do you or have you in the past experienced like self-doubt? Yes. Um, so when I first got into practice, I went through a nervous breakdown for nine months straight. I was crying. I was panicking. I didn't know what to do. The first nine months, I had no clue, but I had already signed a lease and the person I was supposed to share space with left to go to a gym to open his practice, but reopened it. So he left me by myself and I don't know who it was, but I was on an airplane telling the stories, coming back from a wedding. Um, and I, I had to go to the office. And of course, I had one or two people on the books. And again, I was panicking. And she, she and I had this amazing conversation. She was probably my age now. She was in her 50s, had wisdom. I was in my mid to late 20s at the time. And she gave me some great advice. She says, listen, right now you're alone. But don't think that you're, right now you're lonely. But don't think that you're alone. And what a gift. This guy left you. The practice that I opened up, my first practice, only cost me $3,000. Mm. That's how much I spent to open my first practice. Mm. He spent $3,000. He left. He gave me, I guess, whatever was worth the practice. So she said, you had a practice. You opened a business for $3,000. That's amazing. Just wait for it to come because you will be successful one day. Mm. And whatever she said penetrated me. Okay. Um, that was the time. I had such self-doubt. Not that I would be a good chiropractor because I truly believe that, but I just didn't know how it was all going to work. Yeah. And I always, in school, I had the hubris to think, I'll figure it out. Right. But when it came down to really, okay, here, I was like, okay, now what do I do? And it was scary. I was really scared when I first opened my practice. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think a lot of people that are listening would, would definitely relate to that. How about now, Philip? Do you have days where you're like, crap, like, what am I doing? Or am I going to, is this going to work? Any, any self, any kind of self-doubt in any area? Nothing. 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 So focused. Broke through that. <laughs> no, I am so. Now I can't say the word overlook. I'm so focused because I've seen the equation work. One plus one equals two. I am so confident that one plus one equals two that you can't. That no one can crack me into doubting. Um, and every single time I open another practice, we get to the million dollar mark faster than we did the year before, or yeah. faster than the last practice. Yeah. We do a million dollars in the first year, by the way. That's awesome. First year, we do a million dollars. We crack it. $83,000, that's the uh, magic number. If you don't know the word $83,000, then you don't know what a million dollars looks like because 83 times 12 is a million dollars. So if you first want to make a million dollars, you got to first know what they, they gotta, you got to bring in every single month. Now let's go backwards because now my brain's working. Okay. So if you want to see a thousand people a week and make a million dollars, you can go backwards and say that's a $10 visit. Okay. Let's make a $20 visit. So if you do the math, now I can't see a thousand people a week. That's not the way my body works. So you can reverse engineer everything. And I'm going to give you um, what I call the equation. Mm -hmm. Now, no one, you're never going to learn this in another seminar, but the equation is this. The multiplier is 20. Okay. So if you want to see a patient on average, average value for a hundred dollars a visit, divide 
100 divided by 20, and that's five. That's the multiplier is five. So divide 20 into whatever the number you want. So Nona, give me the amount of people per week that let's say a chiropractor is seeing right now. Give me the, give me a number. 250. 250. So 250 times five. And what's the amount of, give me the dollar figure on average, the average dollar figure. Make it easy. A hundred. Okay. A hundred. So 20 divided by a hundred is five. So five times 250 is 255, 1 million, 1.25. That's the answer. So the amount of people per week you're seeing times five is $1.25 million. Okay. That's how you reverse engineer how much you want to make in practice. So if you're okay with seeing 250, let's say 200 people a week, and you want to make a million dollars a year, you have to have an average value of hundred dollars because hundred divided by 20 is five, five times 200 is one, $1 million. If you could see 400 people a week and you still only care about making a million dollars, then you could drop that down to, um, Fifty dollars. Uh, well, because four four hundred so four eight, so it's two point two point five, and two point five is twenty, forty, and fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. If you want to see a hundred people a week and still want to make a million dollars, well, you have to do a hundred times ten, which is one million dollars. And ten, I'm just going to sound weird, but you'll have to see uh, for two hundred dollars because two hundred divided by twenty is ten. Mm-hmm. No. I, I love that you're breaking this down. The other piece of this that chiropractors need to think about is the time spent with pa- with patients. Because when I, I talk to so many chiropractors, Philip, they'll say, you know, because my brand is part-time million dollar. And they're like, oh, I want to make a million dollars. Okay, how much are you charging? How many hours are you working? How, many, how long does it take to see a patient? You literally in the physical 3D world are unable to make this happen. Either you raise your price, you spend you spend less time with the patient, or see more people. Like you get to decide, but it's it's you've got to take all of these things and reverse engineer whatever it is that you want to make happen. And, and you're right. Time. And I have a, one of my massage therapists just throws everything up because you spend ten minutes, fifteen minutes with the patient. And I'm like, Elena, you got like I want you to pay attention to your environment yeah. because sometimes yeah. she's like like in her own little world and 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 of course patients love her because she's getting more time to the patient but but absolutely they have to be aware. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, so, what is next for you, Philip? Um, what's what's like your next level? Because I know we didn't really talk about it, but like six offices, eight point eight million last year, and what what's the next level for you guys? What's your expansion plan? This year, the 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 expectation is to cross over $10 million. Uh, but it's not to expand to another office. Um, this is, this is, we've seen this with two of the offices that have what we call split shift, seven to one, one to seven. Mm-hmm. Um, now, here's some statistics that you guys can uh, chew on. 50% of the people that call into an office, 50% come into the day one. Now, when you do marketing, guys, the reason why you do marketing is to get a person for the first visit. Uh-huh. The purpose of the first visit is to get them in for a second visit. Right. Purpose for a second visit is to get them to start care. Right. That's the only reasons why you have people coming on in for marketing. Now, if 50% of the people come in from a marketing thing, uh, whether it be uh, uh, Google or social media, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I can give you a million reasons why, but from 10 to 1, 4 to 7, our, asset, our attainment rate of people that called in was 50%. When we expanded from 7 to 1 and 1 to 7, it went up to about 85%. We didn't do any more marketing, but we were able to capture more people. Okay. So three out of the six offices, two out of the six offices right now are, are split shift from seven to one, one to seven. 
The goal this year is to get all of the other offices on board. So now we're all going to be seven to one, one to seven. Okay. That's the next goal. Now we don't have to market more because we're really capturing more people at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, that right then and there is going to drive the office. Plus, where it's the same overhead, mm-hmm. same, paying the same rent. What we're doing is there's doctors, um, and doctors should be an investment, mm-hmm. not a liability. Mm-hmm. Doctors should be an asset, not a liability. And I think I've written this uh, um, on some of your answers or questions, but an asset to me is someone that makes you money, gives mm-hmm. you time, and takes away stress. Right. Those are the three reasons why you're bringing a person into your office. A liability is someone that costs you money, gives you stress, and costs you time because they're messing things up. They're bringing in drama. They're a toxic mess, and you've got to put out drama, like instances that shouldn't happen. Right. And so you want to have assets surrounding you. And every single three or four or five or six months, see where you're at. Right. Take a look at your office and make sure that you still have a good culture. Because before, and this is a really important thing, before anybody can grow into a very successful practice, you have to have a good culture in your office. Mm-hmm. And to me, what a good culture is, it's fertilizing the ground. You could plant seeds into cement, and no matter what the potential of a tree would be, it's not going to grow in cement. But if you have a fertilized soil, then that seed can expand. And that's exactly what I think offices have to have. They have a, have a good culture. And if you have good culture, that's a fertilization of an amazing place for a practice to grow. And it will grow. And it will allow it to grow. But the culture has to happen first. And so for us, it's to split shift, maintain our culture, develop our culture, deepen our culture. It's not to put another office. 2024, we're putting up two more offices. Tomorrow. But right now, this year, it's to optimize everything and make everything like super tight, super optimized. Um, so this year, super optimized, hit 10 million, 2024, two more offices. Yeah. And when is, what's the exit plan? Well, the exit plan, God, you're going to make me cry because I like what I'm doing. I don't, I don't want to exit. I'm not in a rush. Um, but the, the exit is, uh, we, and we've been approached by private equity, um, by, by, a few actually. It's interesting how they've heard about us, but um, you know, I, I, my wife, if she was here, she's probably listening. She would probably do it if someone said, "Here's a hundred million dollars." She'd be done. I'm too young to do that. Um, I'm getting emotional about this. Uh, probably 60, 61 years old. Six years. Okay. Seven, you know, six years about that time. Uh, I'm not. I'm not in a rush. I mean, I I can't tell you how much I still love doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And I've been doing this for 27 years. And I still feel like I've done this for five years. Um, I'm just, I'm just, I feel very fortunate that I found a profession that I can fall in love with, that I can give so much to it and uh, not have it feel like work too much. I love that. And, and you know what, Philip, your passion really comes true. You're like, you've got the business down, you've got the chiropractic heart down. Like you have all these elements that yeah. not only make you a great chiropractor, but obviously a great entrepreneur. So I'm so grateful for this time that you gave me and, uh, and all of our audience, everybody who's listening. I know that we learned something definitely was expansive. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me on. Uh, yeah, thank you. And if people want to get in touch with you, if, are you open to that? Where can they find you? We'll put all the links in the, in the uh, show notes, but. Um, look, for the record, I don't coach. I don't consult. Don't offer me money. I'm not taking it. Um, the reason why is this. I'm too busy. And once I take your money, now you own me. But I'll give you advice for free mm-hmm. on my time. And mm-hmm. so I'm very open to everything. Um, I'm not selfish with my information. I, wanna, I want chiropractors to be successful. Mm-hmm. I really truly do. Um, so just 
if, if you want to reach out, you can go to my website. It's rxwellness.com. Oh, my email address, drphil, D-R-P-H-I-L, at rxwellness.com. That's the easiest way to reach me. And uh, just ask me questions. I'll either give you a call or I'll, I'll email you back. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd love to be able to service of service to uh, our profession. It's a wonderful profession and I, I want to see everyone successful. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I know these days, a lot of the young doctors are all over social media. You can find him on, on uh, Facebook. You can send him an email, send him a message via his website. So, and Philip, you've been wonderful. Thank you so much. I learned so much today and I know everybody else did too. Um, Thank you everybody for listening in and or watching this episode of secret lives of chiropractors. Um, I know that this was one of the most expansive conversations that we've had. So subscribe if you haven't and tune in to next few episodes. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got some applicable nuggets to quantum leap your life and your practice Be sure to subscribe to this channel and be the first to know when we release our next guest here on Secret Lives of Chiropractors. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Nona Javid, D-J-A-V-I-D, to keep up with my not-so-secret life. And um, check out Elevate Club at www.elevate.me, and Elevate is spelled E-L-I-V-A-T-E. We'll see you at the next episode.